Welcome, everybody, to a new season, a new episode of the A-Game Podcast. I'm your host, Aiden O'Neill, and I'm very excited to talk to you all. It has been a while, I know. I've been super busy, but I am back, coming at you live just after the conclusion of Monday Night Football. Cowboys took on the Giants and just squeaked away a win. Really fun week of sports, and especially a great weekend of football. I'm going to get to it all after this, but I want to thank you all for tuning in once again. Big things on the way. Make sure to go follow me on all socials, and we'll get right to it. So I'm going to start in the NFL because that is on all of your minds. I'm going to talk about Monday Night Football first. We had the Cowboys take on the Giants on the road in Jersey. Really, really good game. I mean, both teams, they're kind of in an interesting position. The Cowboys, they do have a really good roster on paper, but with no Doc Prescott, they handed it off per se to Cooper Rush, the backup quarterback, and he looked pretty good tonight. He was hitting throws, he was hitting the seams down the middle. A lot of drop passes from the receivers that made him look worse than he actually was. Did underthrow a couple balls, but overall it was a pretty decent performance, and it led them to a win. But the main thing I want to talk about on the Cowboys side to start is Micah Parsons. This guy. Micah Parsons, the linebacker for the Cowboys, is one of the best defensive players in the league, and he showcases showcases it week in and week out. He's a hybrid linebacker. He could play anywhere. He was playing end a little bit. He could play tackle. He's on. He's intercepting passes. He does everything. Um, he's one of the most versatile players in the league, and it was super fun to watch him attack Daniel Jones tonight. Jones did look good, though, put up 16 points for the Giants. He was hitting some big throws. Saquon also had a big night for the Giants. When when he's healthy, he's as dynamic as they come. And he looked like one of the best players on the field tonight. I do want to see a little bit more out of the receiving core for the Giants. Kenny Galladay, he clearly doesn't want to be here. We heard in reports that he wants out, and I don't blame him. Dable doesn't use him in the system at all. But he still had a catch. Sterling Shepard at the end looked like he tore his ACL. A non-contact knee injury is never good. Um, and he departed there on a, on a cart, so you just hate to see it. But uh, no, it was a it was a great performance from the Giants, even though they lost. I think both teams could definitely clean it up. Both these teams aren't really good at football, but it was a good Monday night football game nonetheless. I do think though that it is good that uh, Giants fans are getting a little realization that they're not that good of a football team. Uh, but they did look pretty decent tonight. The defense was whatever. But this Giants team is still going to win seven games, not make the playoffs. It's just going to be another year for them. And the Cowboys, they could squeak in a wild card. I mean, they're 2-1 and one now with Cooper Rush. And like I said, Cooper Rush looked a lot better than I expected. You're going to get Dak back in a couple weeks. So they should be okay, uh, barring any other major injuries. Around the league, throughout the uh, rest of the NFL, we had some big games. The biggest game... From Sunday that I uh, watched was the Dolphins-Bills game. Dolphins squeaking out a big win. And this Dolphins team is absolutely legit. Tua goes down with a supposed concussion. He can't walk. He goes to the tent, only out for a little bit. Bridgewater plays for a couple quarters to make sure he's okay. Tua comes back in, leads game-winning drives, does his job. They pull away a win. Josh Allen on the other side of the ball at quarterback looked absolutely phenomenal. He threw the ball 63 times. This is just the identity of the Bills offense. They throw the ball in there to come at you and going to throw it a lot. Um, and it's all going to be Josh Allen and Diggs show. Singletary had a lot of love this week. 
uh, more than you see normally out of the Bills running backs but is in the passing game as well. Um, and yeah, the Dolphins squeaked out a big win. The Dolphins are undefeated and they've had a pretty hefty schedule. They beat the Ravens. They beat the Bills. They beat the Patriots. These are all potential playoff teams. These are all good football teams and they won all three. Um, I saw a lot of hype. I wanted to talk about the Tua train. Tua Tungabailoa is a good quarterback. This guy is good. Um, he hit a lot of throws this weekend. I really like what I saw as far as mobility was concerned. Obviously, the hip has always been an issue throughout his career. You wonder, oh, is he going to be okay um, when it comes to the pros because we saw those issues at Alabama. But Tua, has he's looked the part. Um, and especially when you give him playmakers like Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill, who is the best receiving core in football, uh, or the best duo, I should say, in football, he's going to succeed. And he's done everything he's needed to do. I do think we got to pump the brakes on how good he is because he still misses a ton of throws and he still has a below average arm and he's not that good of a quarterback. But he's done what he's had to do to win. He reminds me a lot of what Jimmy Garoppolo has done throughout the years for the 49ers. Not that talented of a quarterback, but he does what he needs to do to win, and he fits the scheme and the game plan perfectly. Mike McDaniels, who worked with the 49ers, who's now the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, has implemented the same sort of system with Tua, um, but just has more playmakers. Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell are so fast. You get him the ball anywhere on the field, and they're gone. So, uh, yeah. Huge for the Dolphins, massive win, but I'm still super high on the Bills. I don't want this to um, distract people from the fact that the Bills are still a top five team in football. In my eyes, they're still better than the Miami Dolphins, uh, and they were really banged up on defense. No Poyer, no Micah Hyde, no Trey White. A lot of missed bodies out there on D, um, and they lost, but I still think they're one of the best teams in football. They're still going to be competing for a Super Bowl, and the Dolphins... They proved that they're going to be a playoff team this year. I don't think it's going to be a division win. I think it's going to be a wild card spot. And I think they're going to play a tough team in the first round of the playoffs. But they could easily win a game in the playoffs and and make some noise. So um, huge for the Dolphins and uh, really happy for all their fans because they're finally getting some winning football. Um, yeah, so it's big for them. Another game was the Colts upsetting the Chiefs. That was huge. The Colts didn't even play that good. I watched the entire game. It felt like both teams were just really sloppy and the Colts somehow pulled away. I had this weird feeling um, that the Colts were going to win this game just because of the fact that they were at home and all odds against them. They're going against one of the best teams in football and the Chiefs, and they somehow pull out a win. Their running game was basically non-existent. Matt Ryan led a couple good drives. Their defense stayed pretty good. Uh, and the Chiefs made some mistakes. They were missing kicker Harrison Butker, and they had Matt Amendola kicking field goals all afternoon and it proved costly because he missed some big ones um that ended up being the difference in the game so big one for the colts uh looking else around the league the bears somehow beat the texans speaking of the bears justin fields in my eyes i was super high on him coming out of college unlike some analysts a lot of analysts watched his film they had concerns and i was like i'm gonna put that behind me i'm just gonna trust the fact that he's super mobile super strong great arm but he has looked really bad i'm if we're just going to keep it real, he's looked awful. Um, he's throwing under uh, 200 yards basically every game. And a lot of it, you know, obviously I'm willing to give rookies slack if they're making good throws, if it's the receiver's fault, the O-line's fault. 
But a lot of it is just bad throws. I mean, he's just not hitting guys in stride, um, making poor decisions and double coverage. And I can't believe they're two and one. They haven't played anybody good, so that makes sense. But he has looked like the worst quarterback in the whole NFL. And I don't even think that's putting it like, I don't even think that's harsh. I think it's just true. Um, but a lot of room to grow, obviously. He's a second-year QB, so I'm not going to be too hard on him. But there has to be some form of expectations because of where he was drafted, because of his expectations prior. We can't just uh, ignore those. So, um, unfortunate for the Bears, but they did somehow <laughs> get a win, which was crazy. Um, Eagles look like the best team in the NFC. A lot of people want me to pump the brakes because of their schedule. I completely get it. They've had a pretty easy schedule. But if we're just looking at the way they've played football and their brand of football, they've looked really good. Um, Jalen Hurts, in my eyes, is the second highest on MVP voting right now. I still think Lamar Jackson's higher just because of what he's done. I mean, he's just ridiculous in both the passing game and the running game. But uh, the Eagles look phenomenal. And they're going to be up there. Uh, I think they'll win the NFC East pretty easily. Um, and their schedule, it, it, I mean, if you, when you're playing the Commanders twice a year, the Giants twice a year, the Cowboys who've been banged up, you're probably going to win 12 or 13 games and, and get a high seed in the NFC. So we'll see what happens. And um, the last game I really want to talk about, obviously there was a ton of other ones. The Packers beat the Buccaneers in a really low-scoring game. Broncos somehow beat the Niners last night. Super low-scoring game. But the performance that stood out to me was the Jaguars demolishing the Chargers. Now, I know Justin Herbert, right? He has the rib injury. They got a lot of guys out. Rashawn Slater leaves, who's one of their best offensive linemen, if not the best. Um, But they got absolutely dismantled. James Robinson looked phenomenal on the offensive side of the ball for the Jaguars. And Trevor Lawrence is slowly but surely getting into that top 10 quarterback conversation especially this year. I mean, he has played out of his mind, just making every throw. Um, And their receiving core, yeah, it's good, but Trevor Lawrence is making it look really good too. And that offensive line is just mediocre. So putting up 38 points against that good of a Charger team is definitely uh, something to be proud of. On the other side, the Chargers, they're banged up. Um, Joey Bosa, he got hurt. That was bad. Like I said, Rashawn Slater, um, JC Jackson, he's been out. Lindsley's been out. There's a lot of guys that have just been hurt. Um, I'm not worried about this team though. I think the Chargers are still one of the best teams in the AFC. Like I said, I had them at the top of the AFC West, um, prior to the season. While I do think the Chiefs will probably win the division now, just because of the injuries from the Chargers, this Charger team will still make the playoffs. Um, don't get that twisted. I think they'll make it pretty easily as well. Um, as long as Herbert just stays healthy, but, um, right now I wouldn't um, be too concerned, Um, but I like all the teams in the NFL. It seems that the teams in the NFL have just played really mediocre. I I was talking to my friends about it. There's hasn't, I think this is the first year after a couple weeks where there's not like a team that I'm like, this is the best team. Like you could say that about the Eagles, but their schedule has been so poor. It's like, is this for real? Is this true? You could say that about anybody, right? Uh, uh, any of these teams that are two and one. But there's been holes in every single team. So if I were to give you the best teams in the NFC, I still think the Niners are up there as one of the best teams. But the issue, and I think this is going to harm them, is losing Trent Williams because he's out for four to six weeks. I heard Aziz Alshair, one of their top linebackers, is going to be out. 
they're losing a lot of guys, so they're probably only going to win nine or ten games and squeak in the playoffs. Um, the Packers have looked good, but their schedule's been easy, and their receiving core is really bad. The Rams have looked okay, but they're still, for some reason, something shaky about that defense. I know it was so dominant last year, but it's just not as dominant this year, and there's a lot of concern that I have with their running game. Uh, and then I thought the Saints were going to be great. They looked awful. Um, there's just so many of teams in both leagues. And I think the Dolphins and Eagles are the two overwhelming. These teams have looked great. But we got to pump the brakes a little bit. The Dolphins have looked like the best team in football. I just don't think it is sustainable by any means. By any means. I think a lot of it has had to do with some good fortune um, and, and things of that nature. But they play the Bengals next week on primetime on the road. It's definitely going to be a test for Tua. Tua against Burrow, I'm super stoked for that one. And I think that will give me a better idea of, of where both of these teams are going as far as direction is concerned. So that was week three in the NFL. Really fun week um, and a lot more uh, to come in the following months. I'm going to talk about the MLB because we are right around the corner of the playoffs. Aaron Judge. He's been chasing history. He's still trying to find that 61st homer. Couldn't get it tonight in Toronto, but I do believe in the next couple days he will get it because he's just that good. Uh, Albert Pujols a few days ago hit homer number 700. I never thought I'd see the day. He was at about 667 uh, two years ago, and everybody wrote him off, and he's just had a miraculous 2022 season hitting bombs. Really key part of the Cardinals. Like, even if we're looking at this from a non-record perspective, as far as just production's concerned, he rakes off of left-handed pitching. He hits off-speed pitches really well, and he hits the ball far. Um, and he's put the Cardinals in a great position to win this NL Central. They are the favorites right now, and I don't really think that's going to change. Um, and yeah, that's huge. But I do hope, as far as Judge goes, that he gets this record in the next couple days. So the playoffs. The playoffs are right around the corner uh, like I said, we have the Dodgers. They uh, clinched home field advantage throughout the entire playoffs. They're at 106 wins right now. They're going to break the National League win record if they just win two more games, which they definitely will. They're going to be the one seed. Everybody's got to go through Chavez Ravine. Now, the Los Angeles Dodgers, I've had these concerns all year, and I'm just going to continue to say it, the bullpen and the starting pitching. It's more the bullpen for me, but the starting pitching, I just don't get how you can throw... Kershaw, Urias, and and Tony Gonsolin, and expect to beat like the Mets with Scherzer, Degrom, and and Bassett. It's just Degrom and Scherzer are so like they're overwhelmingly better at this moment in time than Kershaw and whoever else, and that does concern me. Same with the Braves. You have Max Fried, you have Charlie Morton, you have Spencer Strider. There's so many arms. Um, and I just don't, the Dodgers lineup is the best in baseball and it's not close. Their lineup is so potent. Their lineup's going to keep them in every single game throughout the playoffs, but it does concern me. And I'm going to do a full playoff breakdown once the playoffs are officially set of who I think is going to win each, uh, series, all that right now, though, the Dodgers do concern me a little bit, but I know that lineup's going to keep them in games. That lineup's going to score probably five runs a night. So if they're both, if their pitching could just be mediocre, they could win the world series. But I don't know if it could even be that come playoff time. We'll see. The Mets, uh, they are still in a tight battle with the Braves. One game separating them for the NL East. Both of those teams, in my eyes, can make the World Series. Braves, because of their experience and their pitching. Mets, because of their pitching. 
their pitching. You could throw DeGrom and Scherzer and just ride them to the World Series. I'm a firm believer in that. I've seen it many times. Really good baseball teams. The Cardinals, they look good. I definitely think the Cardinals can make noise in the playoff series. There are some concerns with the starting pitching, but just the pedigree of the St. Louis Cardinals in the playoffs, they always are there, and they're always really good. Padres and Phillies, they're battling for that final wildcard spot. So are the Brewers. Giants are kind of out of the picture unless they play perfect ball. I think, I'm going to go out on a limb, I think the Padres get that final spot. I guess the Phillies as well. Sorry, there's three wildcard teams. So the Cardinals, Padres, and Phillies are those three teams. I think the Brewers are going to pass the Phillies for that final spot because I think the Phillies are just falling a little too much at this time. And the Brewers have all home games for the rest of the way. And they play a couple easy teams, someone in the D-backs. They could easily do it. Uh, I think the Brewers are going to make the playoffs. Now, I don't think the Brewers are going to make it past one round. I don't even think the Brewers are going to win the wildcard series because they're just really depleted. Their offense isn't good. All that. Uh, The Phillies, if they don't make it, that's definitely concerning for them considering their expectations. But that lineup is so good if they get in, they have a chance. And the Padres, I'm not huge on the Padres, especially with no Tatis now. I don't think they'd make it anywhere. So the, the top three teams... I know they're the top three teams in the league, but it's true. Dodgers, Mets, and Braves. Those three teams in the NL, in my eyes, are the only three that could genuinely make the World Series. The Cardinals could just because of their historical magic, Albert Poole's final year, Wainwright and Molina, all these veterans, all this, there's a couple great young players. It could happen. But realistically, if we're looking at teams... And their performance up to this point, Dodgers, Mets, and Braves are the only three. And right now, I would say the New York Mets have the best chance of making the playoffs because of how good DeGrom and Scherzer really are. Looking at the American League, I think the Houston Astros are going to make the World Series, and I think they're going to make quick work of all of these teams. The New York Yankees have so many holes pitching. They're really not that good of a ball club. Uh, Aaron Judge, he has all this, this record going. It's kind of um, ignoring or it's making people forget about uh, the pitching struggles for this team. But I don't think on playoff time they're going to be that good. Obviously, playing in New York in a big playoff series is tough. It's tough for any road team. But Garrett Cole hasn't been great. Severino's shaky. Domingo Herman's shaky. All these start. Nestor hasn't been good in the second half. The pitching. It's the pitching. And all these teams, there's a common pattern that I highlight. And it's pitching. And I know I talk about it on every single podcast, on anything I do. But genuinely, it is the most important thing in baseball, especially in the playoffs, is how good and how reliable is your pitching. And the Yankees don't have that. The Blue Jays, on the other hand, I love the Blue Jays. I love the Blue Jays. I think this team could make serious noise in the playoffs. You look at Kevin Gosman, who's been really good. You look at Alec Manoa, who is an absolute animal. He's your ace. You see Kikuchi's been bad, but he's whatever. But their bullpen is so good with Romano, Simber. The list goes on. I love this Blue Jays team. Also, I love the Guardians. They just clinched the AL Central. I love their pitching. And they're really good, but I don't think they're going to go far. Then you have the Rays, Mariners, and Orioles. They're all competing for those final wild card spots. Who knows what's going to happen there? I definitely think, though, that this is the Astros league to lose. And I think it's going to be an Astros-Mets World Series with the Astros winning it all. I think the Astros have something to prove this year. I think after all the cheating stuff, they are going to come with a vengeance. They got vets who've been there, done that. 
I'm a big Astros guy this playoffs, and I think their route through the World Series isn't that hard, considering how good they are, how good their bullpen is, how good their lineup is. I don't think it's going to be that difficult for the Houston Astros. So right now, I'd say Astros-Mets, and I think I said that three, four months ago. I'm just going to stick with it, because these are the two best teams, um, and the Dodgers are great. The Dodgers are great. If they get to the World Series, everyone wants to see Astros-Dodgers. Everybody does. But there's just so many concerns I have with that Dodgers pitching. I don't know if it's going to be enough to make the World Series. I don't. But we'll see. Only time will tell. Like I said, once the playoffs are officially set, I'll be doing a full breakdown. Last thing I'm going to talk about, we also had college football this past uh, weekend. There were some big games. I'm just going to talk super briefly on it all. Uh, Georgia, they beat up on Kent State. Ohio State beat up on Wisconsin. These look like the two best teams in the country. Alabama, too. Phenomenal. Michigan barely squeaked out a win against... Uh, I mean, yeah, Michigan barely squeaked out a win against Maryland. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa's brother is actually really, really talented. I mean, he played good in that game. Clemson and Wake Forest, that was a phenomenal game that went into overtime. DJ Ugalele, however you say it. Um, he's mediocre, but he had five touchdowns. He looked good. Uh, Wake Forest looks really good. USC barely beat Oregon State. That was bad. Kentucky won again. Tennessee and Florida, phenomenal game. Uh, Richardson for Florida is so good. He's so good. Um, look, honestly, like on the low key, he is a Heisman Trophy contender. Um, but the Florida has to just be a better football team for him to be in consideration of that. Uh, and yeah, looking throughout the league, Washington State's look really good. They had a really good game against uh, Oregon and almost beat them. Um, and then Washington. I am a big Michael Penix Jr. fan. The lefty QB at Washington is so good. And I think most of the country doesn't even realize it. So, And the last thing was Middle Tennessee upsetting you and Miami. I don't know what you and Miami's doing. They got smacked. So that was the week in college football. Uh, the best teams, they still reign. Uh, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. It's the same story every year. Um, and they're, they're just so dominant. It's just who is better out of those three. That is honestly the question that needs to be answered. Last thing I'm going to talk about. I know I said last thing for college football, but NBA media day was today. There's not a lot to talk about in this, but just know that the NBA season is 30 days away. I'm big, big fans of the Pelicans. I was looking at their team practice. I love the way this team is coming together. I love the way the Cleveland Cavaliers are coming together. Those are my two most exciting teams for this year are the New Orleans Pelicans in the West and the Cleveland Cavaliers in the East. They both have so much potential, so much sheer talent. I'm so excited to see what happens. Zion looks skinnier than ever. It's a great day to be an NBA fan. So excited for that. Like, like always, preseason power rankings will be coming once the season is just a little bit closer. Thank you guys so much for joining a lot going on in the sports world. Glad I got to talk to you all. This was episode one of a new season. Got to figure out what the new season is going to be called. Not exactly sure yet. Um, but just know, it's a new season. It's a new life. Hope you guys have a great rest of your week. I'll see you next Monday. Thank you.